Happy Tuesday! My name is Nick. My name is Alan. And welcome into, into the, the dungeon. This week we find ourselves back in the halls of Axum, where shrew shrubberies are still in search of dazzling Norbus, but what they've found so far are residents of the ancient dwarven halls, the famous ghouls that Dominic Dingledick warned them about. And the last episode ended with shrew shrubberies making little more noise than they had hoped for, and when peering in through some arrow slits came face to face with a ferocious ghoul. And so today's session it's going to begin with a call for a roll for initiative. All right, I'm going to roll all dice at once, as usual. Okay, okay. Starting strong. Murkob 2, total. <laughs> so with a nat 1. Yeah, nat 1. Shrew 3, total. Another nat 1. Although I can't roll nat 1s, right? With initiative either. Cause I, it's, uh, I believe that's correct, yeah. yeah so I'm going to roll this one again. Unless, ladies and gentlemen... No! No! <laughs> unless no. <laughs> I roll another nat one, which is just what I've done. So, oof. Oh my. Three nat ones. In your first rolls. Fabian is seven, and Thena is nine. So I haven't been able, on five rolls, to roll above a ten. <laughs> I hope this is not an indication of how things are going to go tonight. But I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid it is. That is in stark contrast to your rolls last week, I've got to say. Yeah. All right, then, I'm going to roll for the ghouls. Just a reminder to our listeners, the room in which Shrew Shrubberies is currently in, they can see one ghoul in the room next to them. But on the battle map we're playing on, I've got three other ghouls in the positions where Shrew last saw them when he was a bat. That being the one that looks like he's carrying a scimitar, which Shrew suspects is one of Halia's men. The Kiro Masvrada, or suspected Kiro Masvrada, behind the throne, and one of the other normal-looking ghouls were sort of shuffling up and down the stairs. So I'm going to roll for the one that Shrew has just seen in the room next door, and I'll also roll for those three ghouls who will have surely heard their companions growl. Okay, the knight has started off very strong. That's a Nat one from me as well on the first roll. <laughs> My curse has seeped into your dice. We also have a total of four. <laughs> no one wants to go first. We're all too scared. We also have a total of seven. Wow. So that's what you five of your rolls, four, so no three so far of mine. So that's eight rolls total, nothing above a ten. Until this one, which is a total of seventeen. Not bad, you see? You always at least have to roll a good one. Alright, so we got the order of initiative. First we'll go one of the ghouls that Shrew cannot see, then Fenner, followed by Fabian, followed by another of the ghouls that Shrew cannot see, and then another, then Shrew, then the ghoul that's staring at him eye to eye 
And then lastly, Murkub. Let's go, let's do this. Alright, so here we go. Top of the round. You've got no idea what's happening. Ooh, okay. No so one's in the other room, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so it's a Fenner. There is only one door in this room, leading to the room where I saw El Kijo Masfradar and the other ghouls, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. You're sort of like in a corridor in between the big room with the pillars behind you and the room with the suspected Kijo Masfradar in front of you. Okay, Fena is going to try and decimate the school in the other room and through the slit, the arrow slit, she's gonna fire a guiding bolt at level two. Let's see, let's see if I've taken all those bad rolls out. 22 to hit. That does hit. And what level are you casting this at? Level two. Okay, so to remind our listeners, following on from last week's episode, that means Fena now has one level two spell left, four level ones, two level threes, and one level four. And that's 5d6. Here come the five ones. <laughs> you wish. Well, I'm seeing a five. I'm seeing a one. Yeah, you're seeing a one and a two. So that's three. And then three fives. So 18 total. That does quite a bit of damage. This ghoul shrieks out in pain. But he's still standing. Damn it. I was hoping for the one hit kill. Is Fenner doing anything else? Yeah, she obviously had to move, which I didn't mention, to get eyesight on the ghoul. So she's gonna try and go back to where she was initially, closer to the door we came through. Alright, is Caspus doing anything? I mean, Caspus doesn't do anything, right? Like, he can't attack, his attacks are quite weak. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just a... He's a mascot more than anything, I think, but... <laughs> All right, Push then. comes to shove, perhaps he can do assist if needed. Yeah, No, he's not doing anything. Squishy little badger. So then on that note, it's over to Fabian. Fabian can't see anything, so he's going to use his action to light a torch. And then with his movement, he's going to walk up to the door that leads to the other room where the other ghouls are in. He's just standing at the door? Yeah, he'll just stand there for now. It's then over to one of the ghouls that true shrubberies cannot see. And suddenly, right in front of Fabian's eyes, the door swings away from him, and he's met with this ghoulish-looking creature who he recognizes as one of Halia's men. Oh no. He's carrying a scimitar with remnants of his once tidy, short beard, short black hair. His robes have been torn to shreds. He raises his hand that's not carrying the scimitar and lashes out at Fabian. So he's attacking me with his hand instead of the scimitar? Yes. Mm, that poison. That's going to roll to hit. It's a total of 15 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Just hits. It's a total of 8 slashing damage on Fabian. Oof. And I need Fabian to give me a DC. Oh, 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 oh. I almost gave it away there. <laughs> I need Fabian to give me a constitution saving throw. It's constitution time. <clears throat> I stopped saying that for a while, but I've noticed that the... Our friends in the server enjoy it quite a bit. I think we need to turn that into a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Total of 10. He feels a strange sensation coursing through his body, but he manages to shake it off. Ooh, I think it's like a death save. It's 10 or above to save, I'm gonna guess. Again, it's over to a ghoul that true shrubberies can't see. You can hear movement coming from the now open room in front of you, but you haven't caught a glimpse of where this ghoul is. And so we move on to Shrew, the hero of our tale. 
Okay, I'm gonna go for an old, an oldie but a goodie. I'm gonna use Moonbeam. Ooh, it's been a while. Yeah. I'm gonna cast it on the ghoul that's within the slit, on the other side of the slit, rather. Okay. And I'm gonna cast it as a third level spell. Ooh, going big. Then with my bonus action, I wanna turn into the good old cave bear. Shoe cave bear. The one with the little hat and the flashlight. This, this is an episode of, of nostalgia. Yeah. Well, the oldies are coming out. Shrew bear. Druid the shrew bear. It's been too long. You know what you gotta do. I, I'm, I'm, I would say the fans are asking for it, but really it's me that's asking for it. I need to hear those bear noises. Oh, when I'm on the spot, I can't do them. Hold on. <laughs> it's been too long. Hold on. Yeah, still sounds nothing like a bear. I love it though. Alright, so it's over incidentally to that ghoul himself who begins in Shrew's Moonbeam. And here we go. Constitution time. <coughs> Actually, it used to be two constitution times, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> constitution time. <coughs> constitution time. <coughs> he said it three now. Ooh. The power of the song. Oh, damn you. It's my song. <laughs> it's an unnatural... Sorry, a natural 17. Yeah, it saves. So that's what, half damage? Yeah, half damage. So yeah, it's 3d10, because I cast it as a level 3 spell. And halved, because he saved his constitution time. So it's 18 halved down to 9. You hear the shriek and his grunts as it suddenly falls to the floor in front of you. Uh, yes, that was enough. So it's a Murkob. Murkob wants to rush up beside Fabian. He wants to rage, and he's going to try and attack the ghoul that just opened the door in front of Fabian. All right, then. Roll to attack. 18 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Remember to add plus two to your damage for your rage. So I'm going to roll the d6 for the scimitar of wounding and the d4 that is the actual wounding damage. That's 8 plus 5 for a total of 13. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Got another constitution time. <clears throat> constitution time. <clears throat> it's gonna get old. We're making too many constitution saves. It's working though. Yeah, he saves and therefore is not wounded by ah. the blade. Till it has it worked, this scimitar. Gonna have to take it back. Yeah, get a refund. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was free, so we can't really complain. Is Murkov doing anything else? He's just gonna stay there. Alright, so it's back to the top of the round. So in these light-starved halls of this long-abandoned fortress, where the air is thick with the weight of forgotten oaths and a cursed history, standing before you now is a dwarven ghoul, a macabre figure that defies the very essence of its stout heritage. His twisted form once sturdy and robust, has been reduced to a nightmarish mockery of dwarven resilience. Damn it. What a waste. His pallid, gaunt visage bears scars of both death and decay, and his ashen beard hangs in coarse, disheveled clumps. The lightless orbs of his eyes hold a malignance that seems to penetrate the very soul, as his lips curl back, revealing yellow, jagged teeth that glint ominously in Fabian's feeble torchlight. Chains, tarnished and heavy, encircle the dwarf's rotting neck, their jangling mournful chimes echoing throughout this chamber like a sinister symphony. They seem like shackles that anchor his wretched spirit to the accursed realm of the undead, the remnants of the life that he had once known. You see him raise a clawed skeletal hand 
in which he clutches a rust-covered battle axe, a wicked instrument of slaughter, steeped in the blood of countless victims. Gonna roll to attack. Gosh! <laughs> it's getting heavy. I was thinking at one point, maybe these can be saved. These ghouls, after that description, <sighs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> well, this one's been dead for quite a while since the fortress was locked up. Yeah. Here we go. Ooh, poor Fabian. Oh, damn. That definitely hits. Now, what was it, though? I, how do you know it hits? Because it's a natural 17. Yes, that hits. And, and the last yeah. one was lower than that and yeah. hit. That's a total of seven slashing damage on Fabian. Oof. Fabian is taking the brunt of these attacks. He's not too bad, though. Mm, good. All right, that's the end of his turn. And it's over to Fenner. Guiding bold Fenner. Guiding bold Fenner. Ooh, we got a new song. <laughs> <laughs> guiding Bolt Fenner is gonna cast a Guiding Bolt at um, the one that is directly in front, not El Guido Masfrala, the Halius guy, as a level one spell. Okay, roll to attack. Oh, doo doo. That's a total of 10 to hit. That does not hit. <sighs> well, that's her turn then. So over to Fabian. Fabian. Fabian is going to attack. The guy in front of him. Halia's guy. Nothing can keep me from hitting you with my sword, Halia's guy. Oh, it's, a, it's a singing day. We're coming up with all the hits. Speaking of hit, let's see if I hit with Fabian. That's 11 to hit. That does not hit. Damn it. Got a second attack, right? That's correct. 17 to hit. That will hit. That's a total of 11, but I believe Fabian... Still under the effects of the shrinking potion, the potion yeah, of diminution. That's, that's correct. He's a shrew-sized Fabian at the moment. <laughs> so I need to roll a d4 and subtract that from the total. Damage. That's correct. Yeah. I rolled a two, so that's a total of nine damage that he does. All right, this ghoul, Halia's former man, seems rather hurt, rather shaken by this latest blow. Is Fabian doing anything else? No, he will stay there. Then it's back to this ghoul, who's going to return the favor, lunging again with his claw. This one's going to be close. That's a total of 15. Yeah, that hits. It's a total of 5 slashing damage on Fabian. And it's a constitution time. Uh. Here we go, constitution time. Uh. 11 plus 2, 13. He saves. Yes. It's now over to one of the ghouls that you haven't been able to see. And he just appears now, lunging in between the dwarven ghoul and Harley's former man. He's going to lunge through with his claws. Oh, poor Fabian today. It's a natural 17 again. That's eight slashing damage on Fabian. Oh, he, he must be hurting now, right? He's hurting a little. He's on 30 points of damage taken, which leaves him with 27 remaining. Ooh, down to half. And I need another constitution tab. Ah, it was bound to happen, eventually. Natural one. Oh, when there's an attack of opportunity as well. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, Fabian has felt the sensation before in the past when he fought with the spiders. His body starts to spasm. And he starts foaming at the mouth. His eyes start rolling back. And he suddenly finds himself paralyzed. And unable to strike as it reaches back through the two other ghouls in front of him. But Murkub will have an attack of opportunity. Let's go, Murkub. 
Nine total. Oh, that does not make it. Opportunity missed. It's over to Bear Shrew. All right. I'm going to use my action to move the moonbeam. And before I move it, I have a question for the DM. Can I do non-lethal damage using a moonbeam? That would be a no. Only melee attacks or spells that deal melee damage. Very well. Then I will move my moonbeam onto the ghoul that just appeared. Take out the trash first. And are you moving or using any bonuses? No, I am staying there. Then it's over to Murgub. Murgub is going to try and attack Halia's man using non-lethal damage. 15 to hit. That hits. That's a total of 11 damage. And I believe he has to do a constitution save. That is correct. Well, actually, he doesn't need to take a constitution save as he crumbles to the floor. All right, but he's alive, right? Give me a religion check for Murgub, who's just tried to do this non-lethal damage. Total of 13. As far as Murgub's concerned, he tried to hit him without killing him. So as far as he knows, he's just unconscious on the floor. All right. Well, it's over to the Kiyomas Verada. And seeing Fabian standing there like a sitting duck, he's going to raise his axe and strike him. Oh, he's over eager. And sort of like the cartoons when they hit the wall and they go like... It's a natural one as he slams his axe into the door and ricochets back off. Nice. It's over to Fenner. Fenner is going to cast Shield of Faith on Fabian. I think it might be one of the first times I've done this. Basically, it increases Fabian's AC by two. So that brings Fabian up to a 17 now? 16. It's a concentration spell and it lasts 10 minutes. And actually, that's a bonus action. Okay, so what are you doing with her action then? She's going to cast a cantrip, a sacred flame. Alrighty, so here we go with the dex saving throw. Who's she casting this on, sorry? The one in the moonbeam or the dwarf? Yeah, the one in the moonbeam. It's a total of eight. Oh, eight to save. Yeah, he doesn't save. Roll your damage then. That's a total of nine damage. I take it that takes Fenner to the end of her turn? Yeah, that's right. Then it's over to Fabian, who will need to take his constitution saving throw. Total of 15. This time he manages to shake off the effects of the paralysis. <sighs> Fabian. But unfortunately that's his turn. Yes. The saving throw is at the end of the turn. I gathered. It would have been now over to Halia's former man, who is down at the moment. And so it's over to the ghoul that's standing in the moonlight. Standing in the moonlight in a beating honor. Yeah, that's a, that's a contender for misheard lyrics right there. <laughs> <laughs> Constitution time. <clears throat> Constitution time. We're going to have to stop doing the songs because Damn the songs it. are powering these ghouls. That's a total of 16, which Sheep. I think makes it. Yep, makes it. So roll for your damage and half it, if you be so kind. I will be so kind. That's 21 halved to 10. Ooh, he's not looking good. He's looking rather hurt. He's now going to step out of the moonbeam, trampling over the body of Harley's man, and he's going to slash at Fabian. Ooh, the first nat 20 of the night. Had to be you. It had to be you. It had to be you. That's a total of 11 slashing damage on Fabian. 
Is it <sighs> now looking rather hurt? Oof. And I need another constitution time. Fourteen. He stands there determined not to fall. So this paralysis again. It's now over to Bershu. Bershu is gonna move the moonbeam onto Alkijo, Masapurada. Alrighty. And any bonuses? No. So then it's over to Murkob. Raging Murkob. Murkob is gonna attack the last ghoul that hit Fabian. The normal looking ghoul. 15 to hit. That will hit. Yes. Total of 9 damage. And it has to make a constitution save if it's not downed. It will not have to make one. As it falls at his feet. Murkob is taking care of everything today. MVP Murkob today. Yep. With that, it's over to the turn of the Kyo Masvaradar. We've got another constitution time. I'm not going to sing the song every time. No, I'm not going to sing it this time to not give you the strength of the you song. You see, you shouldn't sing it. That's a total of seven. Yes. Full damage on these puppies. Here we go. Three tens, come on. Oh, oh I thought the... I thought the three was a nine. So I rolled a ten, a nine, and a three. Ooh. Twenty-two damage. That's pretty hard. Hit him hard. That's how I do it. He shrieks out in pain and repositions himself now outside of the moonbeam directly in front of Fabian. He'd been off at an angle. And here he goes. It's a total of 14. Good thing that Fenner had cast Shield of Faith. Otherwise he would have been hit. Yeah, nice one, Fenner. Right, so that's the end of the turn of the Guillaume Not being two very productive turns, but coming from the room beyond... You hear the shuffling as another two ghouls appear in front of the door. Oh, damn. The first of these is going to try and attack Fabian. All right, so the first one's going to try and attack Fabian. That's a 15 plus 4, 19. So not even Fenner's Shield of Faith can help him now. Going to roll for damage. Total of 7 slashing damage on Fabian. We're starting to look rather worse for wear. He has 9 hit points left. As Fabian's seeing these claws slash at him, he realizes that this ghoul seems to be covered in soot. So yeah, give me a constitution time for Fabian. And if he survives it, he can have an attack of opportunity on this ghoul. 16 total. Yeah, that makes it. And 16 total to hit. That hits as well. So roll for damage. Total of 9 damage. And if he would like, Murgub can also have an attack of opportunity. Well, of course I'd like. 20 to hit. No, that misses. Of course it hits. <laughs> Does he do wounding damage as well? Yeah, because it's an attack with the with the weapon. Total of nine damage from Murkub. And I just remembered that I need to roll a four and minus it from Fabian's total damage from before. Oh yeah, that's correct. Mini mini Fabian. So whatever I did, minus one. Not too bad. Needs a constitution to see if he's wounded. And the constitutions today are high. Yeah, he saved it as well. Just by a whisker. Alright, the second of these ghouls is going to reach through now and try and slash at Fabian as well. This time, he does not make it. The door behind Fenner and Caspus swings open towards Fenner, shutting her off from seeing the macabre scene as a ghoul lunges into Caspus, who stood in front of him. Oh, he gone. Oh, he gone. He's going to try and bite Caspus. Oh, Caspus. Caspus, Caspus. It's a 17 to hit, which hits. Caspers is hanging on by a thread at the moment, but I'm going to ask you to give me a constitution saving throw for him. I'm going to use the white dice for Caspers. 
are no good. Plus two constitution. Seven. Oh, Caspus. His body tenses up, begins foaming at the mouth. He's paralyzed. He's a skeletal horse all over again. Okay, so after this ghoul has slashed at Caspus, a second ghoul that's with him, taking advantage of Caspus now being incapacitated, grapples him and starts to pull him away. Caspus! Caspus! Fenner will have an attack of opportunity here on the ghoul that's dragging its next meal off into the room beyond. Okay, she's gonna try and hit with her staff, I guess. <laughs> she's having... <laughs> I, never, I don't think I've ever tried to hit with her staff for Fenner. This could be a first. Ten to hit? Does not hit. In her grief and panic, the staff slams against the doorframe. And incidentally, it is actually now Fenner's turn. Well, Fenner isn't gonna take any chances. She's gonna cast a guiding bolt as a level three on this ghoul that's taking her precious Caspers away. So she's dropping the shield of faith on Favian then. Uh-huh. Alright, roll to hit then. Let's hope she does. Oh yes, she does. 24 to hit. Oh, that will certainly hit. Roll your damage. Okay, that's 66 on this ghoul. That's three ones. Oh dear. For a total of 16 damage. He certainly felt that one. Ooh, that's not good enough. His grip momentarily loosens around Caspus, but then retightens, and he seems determined to make his way off with the meal. That is not good enough. Is Fenner using any bonus actions? No, he cannot. Then it's over to Fabian. Fabian is going to use his turn to drink one of the potions of superior healing. Ooh, just a reminder, listeners, because you're taking your actual action to do this, you get the maximum benefits of the potion. That's one of the potions that Anthony graciously donated to us. I believe, right? That's the biggest one we have. 8d4 is 32. Plus 8? Plus 8, 40. That brings Fabian to only 9 points of damage taken now. Oof. Fighting fit again. Poor little Fabian. It was necessary. I was trying to save them for the dragon, but it was necessary. It's now with a shrew. Wait. Fabian is going to use his action surge. Alrighty. What's he using with his action surge then? He's going to attack Elkijo Masvradar. Alright, so you get two attacks. First one's a 20 total. Unnatural, yeah? Yeah. That hits. That's a total of 7 damage, but I need to roll the d4. So minus 1 for a total of 6 damage. Alright, and your second attack. Again on the Gijo Masvradar. 16 to hit. That hits. For a total of 10 damage. You're right. The Guillermo Asferada is looking rather worse for wear, even in his ghoulish state. So if that's now the end of Fabian's turn proper, it's over to Shrew. Okay. Shrew is going to turn around and have to seeing what's happened to Caspus. Can I get through the door? To answer your question, yes, you may squeeze through the door, but it will be that five feet to get to the other side would be difficult to rain. But even though you can squeeze through because it's occupied by the ghouls and by Caspus, you're not going to be able to get through. Okay, in that case then, I'll use my action to move my moonbeam onto the ghoul that's dragging Caspus. Any bonus actions? No. Alrighty. Murkob, what are you doing? Murkob is going to attempt to kill the Kijomas Vraba. Roll to attack then. 17 to hit. Yeah, that hits. 
Total of 13 damage. And if he's still up, he needs to make a constitution save. Ooh, he's not up. Ooh. He's down. Down and out. Murkov doing anything else? No, he's gonna stay there. Well, it would have been Nikidama's brother's turn. But alas, he is no more. So it's over to those two soot-covered ghouls. The first is gonna try and bite Fabian. Which misses horrendously. Has a total of six. The second... Would you believe that? And again, a total of six. So both of them completely miss. All right. It's over to the other side of this room. The first ghoul that attacked Caspus, now seeing Fenner stood in front of the doorway. I'm gonna try and bite Fenner. It's a total of 12, which does not hit. Nope. And it's over to the one that's pulling Caspus away. He needs to take a constitution saving throw, which he fails. All right. That's a total of seven. I'm pretty sure he's going down. 26 damage. Oh, he's gone. He is gone. You were saying Murkop might be the MVP, but I think the Moonbeam today has been the MVP. Yeah, it's dealing some some good damage. Stacking it up. Level 3 Moonbeam. Right, so that ghoul is no more obliterated. We're down to the last three ghoulies. Now over to Fenner, who's just seen that ghoul be obliterated and loosen its grip completely. On poor Caspus, who is completely paralyzed still. What's Fenner baby doing? Fenner's gonna cast cure wounds on poor Caspus. Very well, roll to heal. That's gonna be a 1d8 as I'm casting it as a level 1 spell. <laughs> That's a 2. Oh dear. Well, he's looking a little better than he was moments ago. Is Fenner using any bonus actions? No. Then it's over to Fabian. Fabian is going to attack the ghoul that's in front of him. Is he still doing this with a torch in one hand and the sword in the other? Or is he dropping his torch and grasping it with two hands? Yeah, at this point, after taking so much damage and wanting to get over with this, he's probably dropping the torch and getting a firmer grip on his sword. Yeah, that distracts him though and he rolls very poorly. Total of 10. That does not hit. He can roll again though. Okay. Second attack. That's better, 18. That hits. That's 10 minus 1 because he's a little Fabian. A total of 9 damage. I keep rolling 1 with a d4 that deducts Fabian's damage. So that's good. Unless you need to use it for a potion, so remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Change dice for that. Well, little Fabian hits hard as he downs the school. Alright. And then there were two, as far as I know. Hmm. You haven't heard any other shuffling or movements from around you, so as far as you know, this is all there is. It's now to Shrew then. Shrew is going to move his moonbeam onto the ghoul that's closest to Fena and Caspus. So basically Shrew has turned into a bear to not do anything as a bear. Yeah, yeah, that's why I, I started thinking and I was like, one, I don't know if I'm going to be able to exit this little room. And two, really, that's my last remaining wild shape and I'm not gonna get hitting here so I don't know I was thinking that maybe some ghouls would come out on the slits and maybe attack me from there but hey I forgot you turned into a bat yeah you've got no wild shapes no that's my last one a lot of spiders upstairs that you're aware of yeah well we won't go there and a roaming banshee or well, as legends say that you haven't seen if we find Norbus and Dazzling we're getting the heck out of here so no need to fight that banshee so it's a Murkub then Murkop is naturally going to try and attack the ghoul that's closest to him. 22 to hit. Oh, that does hit. 
That's 10 total damage. Very well. Quite a big hit. And here we go for the constitution. A saving throw against wounding. This one does not make it. Finally. He has a wound. And now what? <laughs> well, now nothing. The next turn, as he is wounded, it will take 1d4 necrotic damage for each wound it has. Alright. Next turn, though, right? Yeah. Okay. And so it's over to these two remaining lonely ghouls. The one facing off with Fabian and Murkob. Gonna turn his attention to Murkob. Ooh, second nat 20 of the night. For you. And both course. both on the DM side. Alright, so that's a total of five piercing damage. That's halved and rounded down because Murkob is raging. Alright, down to two. Just two damage. Yeah, Murkob. First damage he's taken all night. MVP, MVP, MVP. Murkob, very pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking of something with Murkov as a starting word, but uh, it wasn't as quick as you. He's raging. It's over to the other side of the battlefield, and that's Ghouli. It's more like a room than a battlefield. But <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's where the, the battle's taking place. Yeah. Needs to take a constitution a saving throw on, on your moonbeam. Okay, let's go. Oh, that's, that's a cockle. That's a cockle. Oh, I wish the first roll had counted. This is a measly two plus whatever. I'm not even going to bother. He's failed it. Okay, full brunt. Okay, here goes 3d10. Not as good as the other one, but 17 total damage. Ooh. Not too bad either. He's definitely seen better days. Let me say that. Just about standing. Mm, it's always just about. He's going to try and bite Fenner. Another two. He completely misses. Widely, as he's in shock. From this burning sensation of the moonbeam. And that brings it over to Fenner's turn. Fenner is going to cast a trusty cantrip, Sacred Flame. Alright, this is a deck saving throw. Correct. I think it's safe to say that that does not make it. A total of 12. Well, this might be it. Let's see. For this guy, at least. Total of 15 damage. Oh, he gone. He gone. Fabian, what you gonna do? Fabian is going to try and end this battle by killing the last remaining Gahul. 11 total. Does not hit. He gets another chance though, right? That's correct. Multi-attack. 20 total. That definitely hits. Will Fabian see him off? Let's see. Total of 6 damage. He's still standing. Yeah. Not looking good, even for a ghoul, but he's still standing. Bearshrew, you're up. Bearshrew wants to, encroaching Fabian's and Murkob's space, get all up in their business, if I can, and attack the ghoul that's on the other side of the door. You may. If you do not see him off, you will provoke an attack of opportunity. Oh, I'll see him off. You can be sure of that. Okay, so I'm gonna do the bite first. 22 to hit. Oh, that hits. 8 total damage. How do you I want to lay the smackdown? Well, as I said, it was a bite. I want to clamp down on its arms and like a dog with a bone, start shaking my head until I rip that ghoul's arm off and scoff it down. Oh, you're actually eating it. Yes, because I'm 
caught up in the moment and I know I'm gonna regret it later, but... Give me a constitution saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it is, the natural one. <laughs> <laughs> but I can reroll, right? Yes, you still have your halfling luck. Good. Not much better. <laughs> Six total. <laughs> so Beshu is shaking his head, he's ripped off this limb, starts swallowing it, and you're like... <laughs> Fabian seeing that Shrew is choking on this arm and you see these mangled fingers coming out from his maw and tiny little Fabian is trying to give a bear hug on Shrew. Shrew! Oh, I'm actually choking. <laughs> I thought I, I couldn't like swallow it because of the putrid taste. But I'm actually choking it. Yeah, it, it's down your throat. So between Murkob and Fabian, they eventually manage to dislodge it as this arm spits out from your your jaws wow and just falls on the on the floor next to Fabian and Murkub covered in your drool and bits of bile as you've been almost vomiting Damn. from the sensation that would have been a stupid way to to end this campaign <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd have well maybe you'd have died with, with your roles anything's possible but yeah that brings the fight to an end oh yes we did it Everyone's safe. Just. Even Caspus. Even Caspus. Oh, Caspus! Caspus! Sure, you're right. As I'm doing that, I'm kind of clearing my throat, but I was turning towards Caspus and Thena. That was a kind of noises of lament and kind of asking how Caspus is doing. Obviously, no one can understand me. Unless Thena speaks bear now as well. No, she does not. Well, then... <laughs> Fenner turns around. Oh, Shrew, are you alright? Fabian is... Borgum, Caspus is... He's alright. A little hurt. In need of some more healing. I go up to Caspus and... Nose rub him on the side of his cheek. Make him feel better. <laughs> he's looking rather shaken. And he's sort of shaking and twitching. He's in complete shock about what's happened. Can bears and badgers communicate? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I'm going I'm <laughs> to say no. Okay. So I kind of... He's probably looking a bit scared as well, seeing this ginormous bear in front of him. I kind of nuzzle him again. <laughs> he sniffs you, recognizes your scent, and then remembers that he actually saw you turn into a bear. <laughs> I signal to my back with my nose with my muzzle. Are you beckoning him to get on top of you? That's what I'm trying to do, so I kind of lay low and position myself in a way that it's apparent that I want him to get on my back. <laughs> you suddenly feel little Fabian climbing onto your back. <laughs> I start like like a buckaroo, not like a... What do you yeah, call? that, that board game that we <laughs> had as kids, yeah. buckaroo, yeah. I, yeah, like those crazy horses. I thought you wanted me to ride you like we did with the with those beasts when we saw Hobbit's brother. <laughs> I, again, gesture to Caspus. Oh, Caspus, she was offering to carry you on his back. <laughs> oh, thank you, Fenner. Yes, I'm quite hurt. I'm going to say Fenner's going to want to cast a Cure Wounds at level 1 on Caspus. Give me a d8, please. 
That's five total. Caspus is feeling much better now, only having taken two points of damage. Has he climbed on my back? Yes, he has. So I lift up, get on all fours again. <laughs> no one understands me, obviously. At all. <laughs> I'm not sure what she wants us to do now. I walk up to the ghoul that was once Halia's man, and I, with my nose again, kind of nudge it. It doesn't react. <laughs> I look back to my crew, to shoot shrubberies, <laughs> and I nudge the corpse again. Fella, I think he wants you to check if it's alive. <laughs> Give me a moment. Alright, um, give me a medicine check for Fenner. 17 total. Mm. This foul creature is dead. Well, it was dead. Now it's uh, dead. <laughs> give me a religion check for Fenner. 11. Fenner can't think of any reason why this creature appears to have been killed despite Fabian's best attempts to. despite Murkub's best efforts to just knock him out. Do I see anything on this? Obviously, we had the scimitar. That's correct. Do I see anything else? Any personal effects, perhaps, that he may be carrying? Yes, he's got a big gold medallion hanging from his neck. With my mouth gently, I kind of tug at the necklace. And then, with my nose, I move the scimitar slightly. (laughs) I think he wants you to grab the scimitar and... Necklace. No. No. grab him. No. Fabian is in mini form at the moment, and he's got this hulking, raging orc next to him. Murkov obliges, picks up the scimitar. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Al. He's going into full acting mode here with, 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 with his actual actions as well. This is brilliant. I wish you guys could see it. So yeah, Murkov puts away the this medallion and... He's now got two scimitars. I then wander up to Likijo Masvrada. You can see he's wearing several tarnished chains, which encircle the dwarf's rotting neck. I kind of do a circling motion with my head, and then, and then very deliberately look at each and every down the ghoul we have in front of us and do the circling motion again. I'm not really sure what she wants there. Wants us to round up the the ghouls? I tug at the Gijomas Frada's chains. Oh, he wants the chains. Of course he wants the chains. And I do the circling motion again as I look at every single ghoul. Oh, he wants us to search the ghouls. Alright, let's search the ghouls. The shoe shrubbery takes some time searching these ghouls. And other than that chain that you found on Harley's men, and the chains that you took off the Guillermo's Ferrada, Fabian does notice the ghoulish dwarf is wearing a gold signet ring, bearing the crest of Axon, a hand axe clutched in a dwarven gauntlet. <laughs> question would shrew have noticed that two of the ghouls were covered in soot too yeah as you've been looking at them you do notice that two of them are covered in soot i want to sniff them and try and see if i can figure out 
where they might have acquired that suit from. Yes, you can see to your left, as you're now in this throne room, where you had initially explored as a bat, that there is indeed a fireplace to your left. Can I approach it and peer in it? You may. Okay, I do. I have also, as a bear, advantage on wisdom perception checks that rely on smell. What is it you're trying to perceive here as you're looking in or sniffing in? I want to see if this goes in further or it connects to a secret room of sorts. If I get some scent of anything other than a ghoul in this area. The scent that you get here is that same overpowering stench of death and decay. But as you're looking up and sniffing, you can also sense as air is coming down and it definitely leads upwards, as in it's not being blocked off by rubble or anything. And these ghouls seem to have come down the chimney. Air is coming in as if it were a normal chimney that goes through to the top and outside? That's correct. Okay. You can also see that this chimney is sort of nestled next to the stairwell that you flew down as a bat. I turn away from the fireplace. And in this room, if you remind me, there was another entrance as we came in to the right, right? That's correct, yes. Okay. First I want to go up to the throne, though, and smell around there, and look, look, do an investigation check around there if I can, see if I find anything. Smells horrendous as you're sniffing around there. Like a ghoul's arse. He's been sitting on the throne for centuries. Indeed. There's nothing of note here, other than those two dwarven statues that flank it. Doesn't seem to be anything else here of any sort of value. Okay. <laughs> I kind of gesture to my shoes, shrubberies to keep up with me. <laughs> and Caspers. Oh, Caspers is riding at the moment. Yeah, that's why. So keep up with me and Caspers. Oh. I want to go to the door on the far right. Okay. This is still Bear Shrew leading the way, yes? Yeah. So with your paws, you swing this door open. And you see that in the middle of this room stands a carved stone dining table about 15 foot by 5 foot wide, flanked by a pair of equally long benches. Above the table hangs two iron chandeliers, the candles long since melted away. North of the seating area is a sooty fireplace, an alcove containing a rough-hewn pit. To your left there's also a single door. I want to get closer to that pit. You mentioned slowly. Alright. I'm also trying to see if I pick up a scent of dwarves. Not undead dwarves, but Norbus and Dazzling, specifically dwarves. Alright then, roll me a perception. Okay, that's with advantage, because I'm the bear. Awesome, a five and a four. I mean, the stench is so overpowering that even in your bear form, it's difficult to make much sense of anything other than this decay that you... that overpowers your senses. Your attention is turned to the pit, and you notice that this descends about 60 foot. You get a scent of mould along discarded refuge. This seems to have been a, some sort of refuse pit where the dwarves would just get rid of their shit. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to skip that for now. Hopefully they are not down there. going to turn my attention to the other door that was to my left as I entered. Are you opening this door as well? Yeah, you know, the usual check for traps. Open cautiously. I mean, this one's left slightly open. You can see that there's no traps here or anything. I want to try and peer through the little gap, see if I see anything behind it. 
You see that this room has all the trappings that one would expect to find in a dwarven kitchen, including metal dishware, utensils, drinking mugs. In the corner you see a stone sink equipped with a faucet. So it's a kitchen. No other doors here? No other doors here. I don't see anything of value around. No Norbus and Dazzling. No Norbus and Dazzling. Give me a perception check with advantage. 23 total. Your ears prick up as you're looking around this room. You're hearing some sort of movement almost coming from directly above you. You start concentrating as it piques your interest. <laughs> and that's where we're going to call it a session. Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> from, a, from on top of me? So... From above you. From above me. Damn it. So close, but yet so far. You certainly do recognize that muffled sound as it being one of your dwarven friends. <sighs> They're alive for now. But if you want to hear us discuss this episode further, you know what to do. Visit www.i2td.com and follow the links there to our Buy Me A Coffee page, where upon becoming a member of one of our tiers, you can get access to bite-sized little mini podcast episodes where we reflect on the session we've just played and you know we also talk about other stuff as well but we'll certainly be going over Al's thoughts on today's session and on any other news that we have of any developments over the last week yeah also in buy me a coffee you can choose to donate us certain items you've got potions you've got other items scrolls things that will help us in the game and obviously, as a podcast too, your donations will appear in the actual episode where we'll give you a shout out. And that way you can be part of the stories we tell. If you cannot donate or wish not to, don't worry, because you can still help us by sharing, liking, commenting, subscribing. Anywhere you can find us, just interact with us, share our stuff, tell your friends, tell your family and help us grow. We appreciate it truly. That we do. And that brings us on to the end of the episode club. The last one standing. Yes. For the esteemed challenge of becoming El Guido Mas Bravar. Do you want to announce who last week's winner was? Yes, indeed. Last week's winner was our dear friend, Valerie. Congratulations, Valerie. The, this week's Guido Mas Bravar. All hail the Guido Mas Bravar. All hail. So this is the password we used on the week of the 31st of October last week. The password was tight squeeze. And you, I don't think you were aware. I told you later on, but whilst we were having a conversation on Discord, as the password seemed a bit like, you know, endo-ish and alluding to stuff. Remember this podcast isn't for children? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> so I said... This week's winner will be the person with the dirtiest comment. And we didn't get many dirty ones, did we? No, none at all, really. Even the dirtiest comment was very, very disappointing. And that's coming from Valerie, which I expected much more from her. Well, she wrote, One day, Cheddars... Cheddars is a character she's playing in our text-to-play campaign in Discord, if you're interested in joining us there. We're playing the Sunless Citadel. Make sure to join Discord. You'll find it on itotd.com. So one day Cheddar's is and going. Cheddar's is a mouse, yeah. Cheddar's is a little mouse, yeah. She rides on one of the other characters' pocket, Sengi. So one day Cheddar's is going to 
sleepily crawl into Sengi's pants pocket instead of his shirt pocket, and she's gonna say, "Oh, <laughs> oh my Sengi!" Well, let's let's do a mouse. Oh my Sengi! This sure is a tight squeeze in here. That just brought me flashbacks of Donjon. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So yeah, that was that was the dirtiest comment, believe it or not. But that is our winner. So congratulations, Valerie, again, and thank you very much for participating. Congratulations, Davuti, bro. <laughs> All right. So you know how it works by now. You leave a comment in one of our places you can find us, Twitter, X, Discord, YouTube, and you mention the password we're going to give you now, and we'll choose a winner on this week. Indeed, and this week's password is Sitting Duck. Sitting duck, like Fabian was, in the hallway. So yeah, we can't wait to see what you come up with. The highlight of my week in D&D. <laughs> yeah, and I think the record stands in three consecutive weeks for Neil. Yeah, the hat-trick hero. Yeah, he's the only one to have achieved such a great feat. Let's see, let's see if Valerie can keep a streak. And well, that then brings us to the true end of the episode. We will... Not dally any further as we now jump into the studio, those bonus episodes we talked to you about. But we hope you join us next week as we continue our adventures through Axholm and in search of Dazzler and Norbus as we delve into, into the, the dungeon. dungeon. And so today's session is going to begin with a call for a roll for initiative. All right, here I go. As usual, I'm going to roll them all at once. I'm a sure happy Tuesday. So if it's something that you haven't spoken yet, I'm a sure happy Tuesday. This room, this room is joined by a door. There, I get over that. As all rooms are. Yes. <laughs> all right, I'm going to roll of them. Rotates the lights if you want a bit. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was Alan knocking down the studio light. <laughs> it's just like a table light. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it sounds more glamorous <laughs> if you say it's a studio light. Yeah. It's like a, a little selfie tripod with a light on yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like a light on the <laughs> ceiling or a massive light. It's just a little table light we have. Like, it sounded worse than what it actually was. So it's 18 halved down to 6. To 9. <laughs> the lightless orbs of his eyes hold a malignance that seems to penetrate Fabian's very soul as he stands in front of him. Penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, how, that's the correct use of penetrate. <laughs> Neil, you wanted outtakes. You've got a whole bunch of them You've got week. 20 this week. <laughs> it's 3d10 because I cast it as a level spell 3. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I'm too tired today. My brain isn't functioning.